0: Explain the vesting requirements applicable to Qualified Retirement Plans. A Qualified Plan can require, within limits, a number of years of service before benefits vest. If a participant terminates employment before that time, the participant could forfeit part or all of his or her accrued benefit. Now today these rules are somewhat different for defined benefit and defined contribution plans. In a defined benefit plan, an employer is required to choose a vesting schedule that's at least as favorable as one of two statutory schedules, first, the five-year cliff vesting schedule and second, the three through seven-year graded vesting schedule. With five-year cliff vesting, an employee is not entitled to any portion of the benefit until five years of service have been completed. With the three through seven-year graded schedule, no vesting is required until three years of service have been completed. After that point, vesting increases by 20% for each additional year. This means that after three years of service, a participant is 20% vested. After four, 40%, 60% vested after five years, 80% after six, and once a participant has earned seven years of service, 100% vested. Defined contribution plans must use a more accelerated schedule, either the three-year cliff vesting schedule or the six-year graded schedule. With a three year cliff vesting, an employee is not entitled to benefits until three years of service have been completed. With a two through six year graded schedule, the participant must be 20% vested after two years of service. After that point, vesting increases 20% for each additional year. The benefit becomes fully vested after six years. The vesting schedules just described apply when a participant terminates employment on a voluntary or involuntary basis. If the participant continues working until the plan's normal retirement age, he or she must be fully vested regardless of the years of service. Full vesting is also required upon plan termination. In addition, employee contributions must always be 100% vested. Plans may also choose to fully vest at attainment of an early retirement age, upon disability, or at death. Now, remember, a plan's vesting schedule doesn't necessarily have to be one of the statutory schedules. It just needs to be as good as one of the statutory schedules. Now, let's say you were trying to determine if a schedule that allowed for 50% vesting after one year of service, 60% after two, and so on until the participant was fully vested after six years would be allowed in a defined contribution plan. Now clearly this schedule is not as good as three year cliff vesting, but maybe it is as good as six year graded vesting. Now to solve this problem, build a chart showing the vesting in the proposed schedule, then identify the required vesting under the six year graded schedule. Then looking at each and every year, you must determine that the proposed schedule is as good as the statutory one. In this case, after one year, the proposed schedule provides 50% vesting and the statutory schedule allows 0% vesting. So yes, the proposed schedule works. Then when we do the same evaluation for each year, in this case the proposed schedule is as good as six-year graded vesting in each and every year. When determining vesting service, a participant must be credited with a year of service if he or she earns 1,000 or more hours of service in a 12-month period. Now for vesting purposes, the 12-month period can be measured based on the plan year. This is simpler than with eligibility service, which must measure from each employee's date of hire. Also, certain years can be disregarded when counting service. These include years of service earned prior to age 18, years before the plan went into effect, and certain years prior to a break-in service. Now, a break-in service is a year in which the individual does not complete more than 500 hours. If there is a break-in service, Pre-break service may be disregarded until an individual is re-employed and completes a full year of service. Also, in a defined contribution plan, if an individual has five consecutive breaks in service, the non-vested portion of the benefit earned prior to the break can be permanently forfeited. For example, let's say an individual with a $100,000 account balance terminates employment and is 40% vested the participant gets $40,000 and the $60,000 is provisionally forfeited. If the employee has gone for five consecutive breaks in service, the $60,000 can then be permanently forfeited. Today the employer does not have a wide range of vesting schedules, but still the choice might have some impact on the cost of maintaining the plan. When employees terminate employment prior to being fully vested, the non-vested portion of the accrued benefit which is referred to as a forfeiture, can be used to reduce future employer contributions. The employer can also choose to reallocate forfeitures to other participants. Reallocated forfeitures do not result in a direct cost savings, but they do allow the employer to provide greater benefits to long-term, highly compensated employees at no extra cost. Now, either approach can be used. In a money purchase plan with a required contribution, it's common to to use forfeitures to reduce required employer contributions. In a profit sharing plan that doesn't have a stated contribution, it's more common to allocate the forfeiture among the remaining participants.